0: You're listening to Liberty Buzzard with Dustin Hammett and Thomas Umstead Jr. Good morning, everybody. You are listening to the Liberty Buzzard. That's B-U-Z-Z-A-R-D, Liberty Buzzard, like the Texas Eagle. And we are, like the buzzard, rolling around America's highways, picking apart the dead, stinky news on the side of the road. That's Liberty Buzzard. I am Dustin Hammett, and I'm with my co-host, Thomas Umstead Jr., And uh, today, I think Thomas Umstead Jr., I think he would have talked about drugs. Is that right? That's right. But
1: first, uh, I know you were away, you were deployed or whatever it is that Marines on Reserve do on their weekends uh, while they're working. You missed the big, big news over the weekend, and that is that IHOP, the International House of Pancakes, announced that they are changing their name to IHOB with a B, and today they announced what the B stands for. So... Hold on, uh, hold on. I Before
0: hop- you say it, I want to guess. I want to see how okay. close I am, because I'm completely out of the loop on this one. I just want to guess. Please tell me it's International House of Breakfast.
1: See, that's what I thought it was going to be, too. But no, it's International oh, House of Burgers. <laughs> so the most like quintessentially American restaurant is doing the most quintessentially American thing, which is fixing something that isn't broken. <laughs> Uh, so I thought that uh, in honor of IHOP uh, changing their name, that we could be Liberty Burgers uh, for this episode. It's liberty
0: Burgers. Today will be <laughs> the Rotten Liberty Burgers. You know, and Thomas. We'll have some Liberty Fries, some Freedom Fries, some Freedom Fries. You know, Thomas. In the military, we always like to say that uh, you know, in, in the in the upper ranks, there's there's kind of more more people than there are jobs, and they're all struggling to get to the top of the pyramid. Right? They all have to differentiate themselves. And so one of the best ways to do that is to find something that has a name that you don't like and then change the name to be something <laughs> different, and that puts your hallmark on it. So if you look at all of the... uh uh, centers of excellence, which are schools in the U.S. Army, which used to be, you know, like the artillery school or the infantry school. So some guy or group of guys and gals got up there and said, hey, we're going to change the name to the Centers of Excellence. And this is people, this is the way that people put their mark on things and change brands and just so they can put it on their fitness reports so that they can get later on promoted and say, I came up with that idea. And I don't know how IHOP decided to change their name, but it sounds a lot like, like this is what's going on, or maybe they just felt like they needed to, uh, maybe they needed felt felt like they could get some free publicity out of this. So like Snoop Dogg changing to Snoop Lion or, uh, P Diddy changing to whatever the hell he changes names to every other weekend. I think maybe it's one of those things, you know, we have a great brand in IHOP, but we're not getting the news that we want. So let's change our name to get some free publicity. I think that's the only thing going on here, but I think it's absolutely ridiculous.
1: It definitely sounds like somebody in middle management wanted to leave their stamp on the company. Although I will say, it may make sense, since they're a 24-hour restaurant to lean in on a meal that people eat, two meals a day. So people eat burgers for lunch and dinner, whereas they only eat pancakes for breakfast. The thing, though, is that pancakes are like the highest margin item on their menu. Like the cost of ingredients for pancakes at IHOP is probably 25 cents or 50 cents of ingredients, and there's hardly any labor. Like, that's a really profitable thing to sell, whereas burgers have much more expensive ingredients. So, uh, I mean, I'm sure they still make money. I'm not...
0: I'm These sure they're like doing just fine, but I would, I would, I would almost burgers. be willing to wager that their highest margin food is probably coffee because I go to diners. I love eating at diners. IHOP's not really my favorite, but I'll eat there, but I love diners. You go in there, and you know it probably costs them around a quarter to make a or if not something less, to make a cup of coffee, but they're charging $2 for a cup of coffee, uh, and you got to drink a lot of coffee in order to make that back off them.
1: Challenge accepted, my friend. Challenge accepted. I don't know if they make money selling me coffee. They may make money selling you coffee. But I like to take that bottomless mug for as far as I can take it. Uh, So, one of the things that uh, um, IHOP is known for is it's a place to go if you're a little bit snacky late at night. If you've perhaps been Uh, uh, imbibing some uh, adult beverages or uh, consuming some illegal beverages. And that actually is something that Trump has now changed his position on. Trump uh, says that he will likely support a bill to end a federal ban on marijuana. So no more federal law on marijuana. Dustin, you are a former cop. What are your thoughts?
0: Well, I, I think a lot of people are going to be surprised on this, but I think the war on drugs is absolutely a ridiculous waste of money. Um, as a libertarian kind of uh, leaning person, what I will say is that uh, prohibition was tried back in the 20s and 30s, and it failed miserably. And I think this is just an extension of that. I think the amount of resources that we waste going after people who smoke a plant uh, are absolutely ridiculous. As a former police officer, I dealt with a lot of drunks, i dealt with a lot of potheads, and I can tell you, I always prefer to deal with potheads than I prefer to deal with drunks. They're mellow. All they want to do is smoke their weed and eat Twinkies. That said, I've never smoked this stuff. I never will. But I think that people, uh, I I think, A, that marijuana is a pretty innocuous, pretty low-key intoxicant. Um, I think the health benefits are, are proven, are there, especially for people who are in pain. And I personally just would prefer to deal, do away with the whole uh, with, with the whole mar- prosecution of marijuana. I think it's a waste of taxpayer dollars. What do you think, Thomas?
1: So a lot of people get confused. Uh, in speech and debate, we have this uh, distinction between solvency and significance. So significance is, is this a significant problem? And that is a question that you have to prove or disprove in debate. And then you have solvency, which is, does your plan fix the problem? And I think that the drug problem in America is a very significant problem. I think that marijuana does bad things to young people and perhaps makes people less motivated. And, you know, maybe it has some health benefits. I I would totally buy that. But uh, other drugs are worse. uh, And I don't think there's any debate on that. So I think that, sure, drugs are a terrible problem. But just because something is a problem doesn't mean that the government is the solution. <laughs> and specifically, I think the government solution is the worst possible solution. And in fact, I just looked it up. If you get breast cancer, you have an 83% survival rate. So there's only a, uh, what is that, 17% chance that you are going to die from breast cancer. Whereas if you get put in prison... There is a 76% chance that you are going to go back to prison. You are more likely to survive breast cancer than you, in terms of becoming a productive member of society again, than you are going to be if you survive being put in jail. And I think that for somebody who's doing drugs or selling drugs, which in reality is everyone who does drugs. There's this concept that uh, some people are helpless addicts and other people are these evil drug dealers. And the reality is, is that drug use is like Amway and everyone is buying and everyone is selling. And there's like this big pyramid scheme. And you've got these addicts, and if somebody's addicted to drugs, putting them in jail is the worst thing to do for them. <laughs> it's not going to help them get better. Uh, if you spent that money, in fact, other countries have spent the money they were spending on dr- on jails, on rehab centers, in recovery. Um, they have seen their drug use drop by fifty percent, whereas we have been putting people in jail for decades. And drug use is worse than it's ever been. (laughs) And, you know, we make the laws worse, and it doesn't make the problem any worse. And so eventually, you have to be willing to admit that something can be a problem and your solution that you believe in is the wrong solution. And it wasn't with prohibition. uh, We had the solution, of putting people in jail and created all these problems, right? You had the
0: yeah. gangsters,
1: oh, yeah. you know, if you look at a, a chart of police officers dying, there's this huge surge of dead cops in the 1920s. It's like the chart was higher than it ever has been. I think ever since, I think it's climbed up near there now. Um, and, and, Finally, when we actually legalized alcohol again, we found the cure for alcoholism, which is uh, the 12 steps programs, right? So Alcoholics Anonymous have helped millions of people recover from alcoholism. It's not a government program. It's, a, it's basically about like repenting. It's very Christian. And I have friends who've gone through that and their lives are totally tra- transformed. Not just did they stop drinking, but they became better versions of themselves. And that's the kind of solution that we need with the drug issue.
0: I completely agree with you, Thomas. Um, You know, to separate the two issues, A, I want to say that uh, I am not a proponent of legalizing. Well, I'm kind of undecided. I am not an outright proponent at this point of legalizing drugs across the board. Uh, I would say uh, I, I would like to see some type of situation where we decriminalize addiction. Because you're right. Most of the street cops out there, they're not getting the, the, the big-time dealer. They're getting the addicts. And just like you said, sticking them in jail is not a great solution. Um, and it, it a lot of times it only exacerbates the issue. That said, I can tell you that drugs like ecstasy crack cocaine, methamphetamines, oh my gosh, meth, don't get me started on meth, are really, really terrible drugs. Should we outright have these legalized? Uh I you know, I can't in good conscience say that it is a good thing for our society to have meth labs be legal. Um I think there's arguments I think there's interesting and somewhat valid arguments to say, well if we make meth legal then at least we can regulate it. At least we can uh, make so meth labs uh, aren't exploding with little children inside them, and all that all that uh, uh, hy- hyperbolic talk. But at the same time, I just I don't envision a world where our society is better off by by legalizing meth. But if, I think the if issue in legalizing hand, uh, meth with,
1: labs caused fewer people to do meth. Would you would – you, like if you could be convinced that it's like, oh, look at this country that legalized it and their consumption went way down because they're able to use more effective techniques for stop, uh, fighting addiction, would you support it then? Or is it more of like a moral thing, like we can't allow this to be legal in this country?
0: Well, I always am going to – well, I'm not always, right? You've got to be careful with those absolute statements. I would like to say that I would lean toward – uh, fact-based statements. So if you could show me some absolute numbers that said, if we legalized methamphetamines or, uh, or, or any of those other nasty type blab drugs, that there's an absolute, uh, if not causation, correlation that you can show uh, that's definitive that says, okay, this is going to go down. Well, then, yeah, that, that's an argument that I would be willing to look at. But based on my experience as a police officer, crack cocaine, methamphetamines, heroin those are highly highly addictive drugs that have zero health benefits whatsoever. Uh, I'm not saying that the you know alcohol or, or marijuana for whatever health benefits those show um, that you know you have, you legalize drugs solely for the health benefits, but I would say whereas marijuana and alcohol are relatively keyword there being relatively innocuous um methamphetamines the ecstasies the mdmas all those drugs all i see there is a lot of harm um and i'm not saying i can't be i, I can't be shown otherwise i certainly am open to 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 different facts i'm certainly open to studies but uh, based on my personal perception right now i just i don't see I don't see an area where our society is better off for having those legalized. Marijuana, sure. You know, it's a plant. It grows. It's like tobacco. Um, Alcohol, you know, that's been a part of our culture for millennia. You're not getting rid of alcohol. I I consume alcohol. Um, But the the other lab drugs, the newer drugs, yeah, I I just don't see an area where – do you have something in mind that uh, that, that shows that?
1: So I I know – I think it was uh, Portugal – did a big uh, is decri- either decriminalization or legalization, but they spent they switched all of the money, and I think it was heroin that they were focusing on. They started providing uh, substitutes, free substitutes for heroin that were also narcotics, but they weren't as strong and they were more controlled. And, and methadone, they yeah. Had, yeah, methadone, and they had um, the drug dealers uh, in the you know neighborhoods where these. Trucks would come in. It's vans with the methadone. The drug dealers would be throwing rocks at the trucks because it was such a threat to their business. Because what they did was they put all of the drug dealers out of business. And part of the reason why drugs uh, grow is that every user has to also be a seller to support their own habit. So they cut. So you get a certain amount of white powder substance, and then you get some other that's that's say crack cocaine. Then you add lactose to it or some other white powder to double the amount and you mix it together and you cut it. And then you sell your watered down crack to somebody else. And that's how you support your own habit. And that once they break up that economic engine, the state came in and break broke up that economic engine. They were able to reduce, I think it was 50%. I I read a book on it. I don't remember the exact numbers, but um, Portugal seen a huge um, reduction in their drug use with this new program. Uh, so I don't I don't know the, exactly the the specifics and I'm not necessarily advocating for that but what we're doing is not working. <laughs> and I think we and we're yeah, and not only is either. it not working but it's unbelievably expensive. It's expensive in the billions of dollars that we're spending on something that's not working to put people in prison uh, which is really expensive it's all of these cops who are dealing with drug cases instead of dealing with cases that have victims right so to prove yep. a sexual assault yep. is a ton of work. Like, there's a lot of gumshoe work to prove a sexual assault case. To prove a drug case is really easy. I was on the great jury. We saw, for every one sexual assault case, we saw probably 10 or 20 felony drug charges, which were just addicts who just happened to be driving with some drugs in their car while they were you know, speeding or breaking some other really minor uh, offense. And the result is... That not only do you go to jail and you have a seventy six percent chance of having of never recovering, right? It's very high quote mortality rate or recidivism rate, but also you have um, these. You're, you're taking those people out of the economy and you're wasting the time of the cop uh, who could be going after somebody who's actually creating a uh, victim. I, I did a ride along with the police officer and. We were called in on this fight. So he turned on the lights and we we're racing down the road. I think he just wanted you know, to show me what it was like to have a hotshot call. And we show up and there's all these people standing around not fighting. <laughs> a whole group of people in this parking lot. And they're all just kind of milling around. And he, you know, he hangs out in the area waiting for somebody to come to him and say, hey, there's a fight or so-and-so hurt me. And nobody did. And I was like, what do you do in a situation like this? And he's like, well, where there's no victim, there's no crime. And if none of these people are willing to raise their hand and say, "I'm a victim, there's there's nothing I can do. There's no fight. I'm not observing a fight going on. And I feel like that that's a really good rule of thumb, where there's no victim, there's no crime, and you shouldn't be punishing somebody if they ha- if you're not also making some victim right. And if somebody's hurting themselves, hurting that using the sword of the state to hurt them more isn't helping them. <laughs> it's just doubly victimizing them. I think that that doesn't make any sense at all.
0: I'm very familiar with the uh, with the statement, no victim, no crime. I've been there many times. I do think that's a slippery slope, and you got to be careful with that because I think there's certain crimes, and I think we're going off on a tangent here, and I'm going to bring it back in a second. But I think there's certain crimes like driving while intoxicated while outright may not have a victim. I think there's a potential victim. So you have to be careful with the statement, no victim, not crime. That said, for the most part, I agree with you. Um in, in a sense where there's no victim, the law enforcement really shouldn't be going after uh prosecuting somebody uh who is really just minding their own business, right? Uh in the case of addicts. You know, why are we wasting our time going after addicts? I, I personally don't I don't think that's the right move or I don't think that's an area where police officers should be focusing their efforts. Um so I think we completely agree with each other there. Um I think Yeah, so when uh when you asked me earlier if it's if it's a numbers problem or if it's a moral problem my initial sense is that it it's a it's a moral problem should the state become drug dealers to defund drugs and that's a that's not an easy answer that's not that's not an easy question right um should the state become a drug dealer uh a, a, in an effort to decrease the problem if it shows that it absolutely decreases the problem, well, I think you know you make a good argument. But now we also, what you're saying is, now you're sending taxpayer dollars, my taxpayer dollars, your taxpayer dollars, to make drugs, and I do have a moral problem with that. I don't want my money, uh, that I have to give a portion of in the form of income tax or property tax, to go to be made methamphetamines. I find that morally reprehensible, and I just I, I can't support that. So I I do think it is a problem. Um now if you sit there and tell me I think the biggest danger as far as drugs are concerned are not the drugs themselves, but the people who make and manufacture drugs, which are especially at the high level, you're talking about uh your your narco traffickers, your 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 cartels, your uh your your poverty stricken drug gangs, that's how they make a lot of their money. If you can sit here and tell me that my tax scholar is going to go toward reducing or eliminating these gangs. I'm all, I'm all in favor of that. Because gangs who deal in black market goods like drugs are, you know, they're, they're going to perish. Not perish, but they're going, to, they're going to wither on the vine, like the mafia. It's not gone, but it's severely withered on the vine because of prohibition over the past uh, almost 100 years now. So, yeah, uh, it's definitely not an easy question. But the original question was marijuana. Are you in favor of legalizing marijuana? I think marijuana is a no-brainer. The That's- tough questions will come when you get past marijuana and you start talking to some more what I would call hardcore drugs.
1: And I think going back to the Trump question, the what Trump is doing, he's not actually – or what he said he's going to support, which again, who knows next week what he will say – uh, but he's not going to change Texas. He's not advocating changing Texas's laws on marijuana. What he's advocating for is getting rid of the federal law against marijuana, which is creating this weird inconsistency between, say, Colorado, where the state law says that marijuana is legal and the federal law that says that um, marijuana is not legal and i will say i think part of the reason why the federal government has not challenged any of these states on their state laws is that technically the federal law is unconstitutional when the federal government wanted to make alcohol illegal in the government in the United States it realized that the constitution doesn't give the federal government the power to make alcohol illegal and the only way to do it is to pass a constitutional amendment so prohibition wasn't a law passed by congress it was a constitutional amendment passed by the state legis- passed by congress and by the state legislatures and then when they got rid of prohibition it was the same thing it was another constitutional amendment and this i feel like this federal law against marijuana is unconstitutional and getting rid of it is a good idea and the benefit is that we're able to observe we can observe Colorado and California and uh, other states can have different laws and you can see which is doing better. And if legalizing marijuana really is a good idea, we'll be able to see that in their tax revenues increasing and the you know drug crime going down and the gangs having less of a revenue source. Although I feel like it's a very small step in that way because the gangs are still making money off of all of the other drugs. And I would love to see those guys out of business because <laughs> they bring a lot of harm to the community. Uh, just in how they do business, right? I mean, the presence of a source of um, violence that's other than the state, right? The whole goal of a government is to have a monopoly on violence, monopoly on force, so that people can't use it against each other. And the existence of these very well-armed, violent gangs undermines that to a huge degree. And one of the best ways to undermine the gangs is to undermine their source of revenue. And cracking down, Only makes what they sell more valuable (laughs) because it puts them some, you know, there's three gangs in a town, you put two of them in jail, the remaining gang makes all of the money of the other three gangs with not all of the expenses of the other three gangs and they win, right? If if you look at it economically, uh, it's really hard to use force to shut them down, but it's very easy to use economics and to shut them down.
0: You know, this is an interesting question, Thomas. I know we're, we're getting up on our time limit here. Uh, I think we've already passed our 20-minute mark. But it's an interesting question I think it bears discussion going off on another tangent is the withering on the vines of street gangs or gangs. You know, we have had gangs in society, uh, just as, as, a, as a human society, as a global society, pretty much since uh, the dawn of civilization. Ever since people started going to cities and populated centers, you're going to have these disaffected poor social groups forming gangs. Uh, You had gangs in ancient Rome. Um, And, you know, can we absolutely get rid of street gangs? I have a philosophical debate going on in my own head. And let me tell you, it's an interesting debate. Uh, But I have this interesting debate going on in my own head if that's something that can truly be achieved. Can you, in fact, eliminate street gangs from society? A lot of me says no. Because yeah, we may we could legalize all the drugs out there, but they're always going to seize that that one part of that, that, that one addiction or that one flaw in the human character, which we decide as a society to outlaw, but people still want. They're always gonna seize on that. And that's always going to be their niche. So whether it's drugs, prostitution, gambling, et cetera, et cetera. I have my doubts as whether we can totally eliminate these so-called street gangs. But if we can reduce them, I think that's a win for society. I think that's a win for everybody because they're – I mean they're not even paying taxes, Thomas. And that makes me upset because I have to pay taxes. They should too.
1: <laughs> that's right. Well, we want to know what you think uh, is – what Trump is doing with uh, – Agreeing to legalize pot or to sign the bill if it comes to his desk? Good idea, bad idea. Go to libertybuzzard.com forward slash five to leave a comment. We would love to hear from you. You've been listening to Thomas Umstadt and Dustin Hammett on Liberty Buzzard. See you tomorrow.